Welcome everyone to another episode of Let's Talk Comics. I'm your host Geek Brando and on this episode we're discussing Curtis Jackson aka The Power Broker. Curtis Jackson was introduced in Marvel Comics Machine Man No. 7 in 1978 where he worked for the corporation. His goal was to duplicate Machine Man and sell all of the clones for profit and kidnaps a close friend of Machine Man Peter Spaulding as bait. Machine Man trades himself for his friend but Curtis's plan fails when Machine Man escapes. Curtis shows up again in Captain America 230 in 1979 where he has kidnapped Sam Wilson aka the Falcon. This was a play to get his hands on Jim Wilson, Sam's nephew, who Jim has a close connection with the Hulk. Curtis will try to use Jim to control Hulk. Captain America joined by the Vamp and Marvel Man investigate Falcon's disappearance and learn he's been kidnapped by the corporation. When they find him, Curtis reveals himself to the heroes and to much of Cap's surprise, Curtis already had kidnapped Bruce Banner. Curtis offers to release Falcon in exchange for Jim Wilson all the while, a rival within the corporation, Kligger, had already kidnapped Jim Wilson. When Cap and Marvel Man go for the Blitz save, they mistakenly release Hulk out of Bruce, which turns into a brawl. Meanwhile, Curtis just sits on the sidelines watching everything go down. The story continues right away in The Incredible Hulk number 232 in 1979, where the brawl continues and the heroes manage to free Falcon. Just as they close in on Kligger and Jim, Kligger requests Curtis to shoot him since the corporation wouldn't want him to be taken alive. Curtis kills Kligger and escapes. After the fight, Hulk visits an old friend, Trish Starr. Curtis gets wind of Hulk's location and uses it to his advantage. Curtis poses as Machine Man and stages an attack on Hulk. After knocking Hulk out with tear gas, Curtis kidnaps Trish. During a brawl between Hulk and the real Machine Man, Machine Man learns Curtis is behind everything, and after intercepting a radio frequency Curtis was talking from, Machine Man uses his own awesome binocular sight to pinpoint his location, which is actually really funny. They're literally like these giant binoculars that just come poking out of his eye. So old school, it's awesome. But unfortunately for Curtis, Hulk wakes up and sees everything and goes straight for Curtis. Luckily, Machine Man is able to save Trish and stop the Hulk from attacking Curtis, because who knows what the Hulk would have done to a puny human. Curtis is handed over to the authorities, but he wouldn't be a villain if he can be kept behind some bars, would he? Curtis doesn't appear again until Captain America number 328 in 1986. He now runs a company of his own called Power Broker Incorporated. During this story, he is known as the Power Broker. We find out he has funded a new super soldier serum created by Dr. Carl Malice. This new serum only worked on a few people. The rest suffered from brain damage, deformity, and became extremely violent. Even Cap was afraid to fight these guys because they still retained the strength, but were like mini hulks, which I can imagine is pretty scary to fight. The power broker gave his subjects a drug to quote-unquote help with their quote-unquote symptoms. It turns out there weren't any underlying symptoms to the serum. This gave Curtis a constant paycheck and leverage against the volunteers. Most of the participants of the experiment end up joining the UCWF, or the Unlimited Class Wrestling Federation, which becomes Curtis's downfall. Captain America bumped into Super Patriot, who has successfully gone through the experiment. 
Cap's investigation into how Super Patriot receives his super strength leads him straight to where the UCWF members train. He discovers Curtis and Dr. Malice are behind the new super people. With the help of Demolition Man, who literally looks like Wolverine and Daredevil combined, it's a pretty funny look. Cap manages to dismantle Curtis and his operation. But that doesn't stop the bad guys as we all know. Because even with the history Curtis Jackson has, he's still able to get off on bail. Which is pretty funny. Imagine being a supervillain in a comic. You can get away with anything. Just spend a day or two in jail and you get right back out. Some time passes and in Captain America number 358 in 1989, Curtis is still in the augmentation business. Anti-hero-like character known as Scourge sets to kill Curtis for his crimes. And in a last-ditch effort to defend himself, Curtis uses the serum Dr. Malice had created on himself to stand a chance in defending himself. Curtis became so massive, he looked like the Hulk. However, he was left unable to move. There was no explanation as to why Curtis couldn't move. It makes sense in real life, but in comics, people come in all shapes and sizes, and they seem to maneuver just fine. Maybe the serum just wasn't compatible with Curtis. A few issues later, in Captain America number 375 in 1990, Curtis appears with Dr. Malice again. The previous fight left Curtis in an exoskeleton suit. This time, they're running experiments to revert the super soldier serum and make Curtis normal again. They kidnap the previous volunteers and use them as guinea pigs again to see if he can reverse the process. Unfortunately for Curtis, US agent and Battlestar intervene and Curtis is left in his exoskeleton suit. Sounds like something I would say US agent would do in the current Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. We even get a glimpse of him still in his suit during Captain America number 394 in 1991 working as one of Red Skull's chiefs. But it's not a major appearance. I guess it's just to show that he's still around and he's still a player in the villain world. Curtis's last major appearance happens in the US Agent series in 2001. Only this time, Curtis is no longer the size of the Hulk. But we don't get much of an explanation as to how he went back to normal. In this small three comic series, Curtis tries to mind control US Agent and a load of other people to eventually have control of the world. He uses an alien that landed on Earth during the maximum security event in 2000, which took place not long before. Just a little background on that story. That story involved Ronan the Accuser using Earth as a prison for other alien species. Curtis had went to recruit aliens, but instead found one which allowed him to control others. He just had to let it attach to him for it to stay alive. It sounds crazy, but it's a pretty dull story and not too much goes down, although there's a lot of big players. Technically, Curtis does that during maximum security, but we don't know this until the U.S. Agent series, when Curtis tells the U.S. Agent what he has done. Thanks to U.S. Agent and Captain America, Curtis once again goes to jail. Now, we don't see Curtis Jackson as the power broker going forward, but we get a glimpse of his name in the Punisher number 13 in 2012, where Frank Castle uses Curtis's identity to go on the cover. It's speculated Frank Castle killed him, but I'm not so sure since we didn't see it. For all we know, he uses his name because nothing is said about the real Curtis. Another reason he's presumed dead is because we eventually see someone else lead Power Broker Inc. We don't know his true identity, 
And this new guy actually has powers himself, some type of energy manipulation, which is cool. And I'm pretty excited to see where they go with this new guy. Well, that's the story of Curtis Jackson, a.k.a. the Power Broker. He somewhat has a long but short run in the comics. And hopefully, we'll see that story live on in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you like this video, please like and subscribe. And comment down below. Let us know who you'd like to learn more about. And we'll see you all on the next one.